Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com. I'm Victor Infante, entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Later on in the program, I'll be talking with reporter Richard Duckett. We're going to be talking about movies, so that'll be fun. But first, I'm here with reporter Craig Seaman. Hi, Craig. Hey, uh, Victor. How are you today? Doing good, but it seems like there's we are in concert season coming up here. Yes, the summer season has officially started, and uh, we had a big... Uh, Pentatonic show. Uh, Pentatonics, yeah. Uh, Pentatonics, sorry. Uh, a show uh, that happened over the weekend, and that's the first and only show at the DCU Center. But there's plenty of shows in the area for people to enjoy. Yeah, well, I want to get back to the local scene a little bit more, but tell us the big, give us an overview of the big shows that are coming yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I. I I mean, there's no science to this, obviously. This is, and some of these shows I wouldn't be caught dead at, but these are shows that I've picked in. You know, some of those those shows end up really spectacularly fun. They really Well, these do. are definitely the high profile <laughs> shows, whether they're good or bad. I mean, okay. and as I've always say, a good sign of a review, review maybe you can, uh, maybe, you, maybe you agree with me on this, is someone who can give a lousy to review to someone they love. And give a great review to someone that they love. This is true. This is true. And uh, the example I always use for that is uh, first time I reviewed Bon Jovi. I, I I couldn't care particularly for the guy's music at all. However, he put on a dynamite show, pulled all the stops, gave everything the audience wanted, high energy. And that was probably 25 plus years ago. So <laughs> There we go. There we go. All right. So, so what's coming up here? Okay. So uh, the first one I have, and uh, they're all going to laugh at you category. You have Adam Sandler, June okay. 19th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield. So what can we expect from uh, Sandler's first stand-up special? Uh, well, he, this is, he hasn't been on tour for a long time. He just had a... Uh, in October, had a stand-up special on Netflix called "100% Fresh." He just made a triumphant return on SNL last month, hosting the show for the first time since being fired as a castmate in '95. And he's doing 18 dates in June for his 100% uh, percent Fresher comedy tour. So, what can we expect? I'm gathering plenty of silly voices, silly characters, silly songs, and silly reminders why Sandler has made over four four billion at the box office. I I, I have trouble believing that Adam Sandler can sell out the Xfinity Center. I I, I I honestly do. That just seems a bit out of, especially since he seems his stars on the decline. I Cur- mean, curious. He's made a lot of money, but he's yeah. his mo- last few movies have not right. done particularly and well. And, uh, and certainly the Saturday Night Live host job he did, which was actually a pretty yeah, good Yeah, no, that job. was actually pretty funny. That, the, the, that was, the whole the I Was Fired shit yeah. song was, was yeah. hilarious. And I gave a nice tribute to Chris Fowley, and he had a nice sketch making fun of uh, some of his good and bad movies. It's true. And uh, I mean, that was pretty much like a 90 minute infomercial yeah and uh and it might he might do i i think he's gonna do well will he sell uh-huh. out the place who knows the tickets are actually pretty pricey i think yeah usually you know these concert movie tickets yeah. the price they knock the prices down yeah. a, a little but anyway but we'll, we'll see. see nostalgia's there it's a hit or miss uh 
I mean, if you're a Sanjo's fan, I'm sure you're going to... I'm sure. I mean, and he does have a lot of fans. I'll get oh, that. he definitely has But I would have thought more DCU-centered than yeah. this eyes-wise. And actually, Infinity. you know what would be cool, although it's not going to happen? No, yeah. That Billy, uh, he comes out dressed up as Billy Madison for the Bruins game. Yeah, I suspect, but that's all, I suspect all of those are going to be gone. <laughs> so, in the old man Logan... That old man, Logan, he must know something, but don't say nothing. He just keeps rolling. He keeps on rolling along category. We have Hugh Jackman, June 27th at the TD Garden, which to me is the wackiest show. First first off, that was a long way to go for that joke. Man. <laughs> <laughs> long way to go for yeah, that. Yeah, especially when uh, I don't have a singing voice. Yeah, the, the thing is... um. Hugh Jackman is an amazing singer. He's an amazing he performer. He's a great you he know, Broadway, Broadway actor. He is a great stage performer. So, yeah, this is actually sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, but as I wrote in the paper, I can't imagine anyone who's a huge fan of Hugh Jackman's dead-on performance of Wolverine in the series of X-Men films has ever thought, of themselves, thought to themselves and say, gee, wouldn't it be cool if Logan sang Arthur's theme <laughs> or I Honestly Love You? And and uh, in case there are, you got the Hugh Jackman, the man, the music, the mutant. <laughs> I think I, I think the man has layers as a performer. Clearly. No, I mean I mean he's likable, he's lovable. But this is more the Les Miserables fan oh, than, to- than we're talking it, it, the X Men fans. I mean it's totally all that. I mean he's gonna do selections uh, from Pete Allen, the boys from Oz. Uh, Oklahoma, Les Mis, uh, Beauty oh. and the Beast, uh, stuff like that. The, and, and, the and, man, I do wish those were a little bit more contemporary numbers yeah, there. Yeah, and, uh, and, and he's uh, going to be soon to be uh, the smooth-talking con man, uh, Harold Hill, and the Broadway revival music man. So it's going to be definitely that stuff. If people are expecting him to... Uh, yeah. Uh, do Wolverine stuff. I, no, that, well, no, I, I, think I don't a, think I don't think anybody's under illusions unless they are really <laughs> in a really really like stuck in a basement somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do th- I do want to know. It's like I, I you know I was rolling my eyes at Oklahoma, but Oklahoma just won Tony's Tony Awards. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, uh, the revival. Ali Stroker, Stroker just won the yeah. um, Tony Award for. It's amazing how uh, what's old is new again. Exactly. So yeah, maybe yeah maybe I should like stop rolling my eyes and give things a chance. Anyways. <laughs> Moving right along. But the funny thing, real quick, the funny thing is about when you watch the Tonys, unless you're really a Broadway theater guy, you feel like this is a totally different world. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the things that are winning. And I think the year before you had uh, SpongeBob SquarePants against uh, Frozen musicals. Oh, exactly. I'm like, what is But Hades Town, written by longtime Boston folky Anais Mitchell. So, oh okay. yeah, you know she's she great singer songwriter. The original album she put out of that actually, yeah. she recorded. I believe it was at the Somerville Theater. Oh, okay, and it had her, Greg Brown, Ani DeFranco. Oh wow, um, just Chris Delmarsh. Some I believe Chris was on that amazing collection of singer songwriters playing the music that she wrote that eventually became Hades Town, yeah. the musical. Um, it, there's an album of it. I have it. It's on one of my regular plays. Yeah. Actually, it's a great album. It's amazing. I'm really excited to someday eventually see the show. <laughs> and on the same night as Hugh Jackman, we have another beloved movie star who's going to take a stab at commanding the musical stage, and that's uh, Jeff Goldblum. Well, Jeff Jeff Goldblum again. That that man puts on a stage show. <laughs> I mean, he, he tickles the ivories. Uh, he's an accomplished pianist. Oh, yeah. 
And we had an evening of, and actually, I am seeing this one. I chose between uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum over Hugh Jackman. Uh, hopefully, Hugh won't get too upset. Uh, and, and I'm gonna see, and that's at the Wilbur the same night. So that should be interesting. Uh, in the boy bands of summer category, we had New Kids on the Block, the mixtape tour, June 28th and 29th at the TD Garden, and July 3rd at Mohegan Sun Arena, Backstreet Boys, DNA World Tour, August 14th oh. at the TD Garden, and Jonas Brothers' Happiness Begins Tour. Okay, they're at least contemporary. <laughs> I, can, I mean, but I mean... I don't know, man. Do we need the Backstreet Boys again? I mean, <laughs> Do we, I, I, I don't want to discredit how difficult those vocals are. I have a friend who sings who sings studio work, and he's got a, he's one of the best singers I know. Yeah, and he told me that doing work on boy band albums was some of the hardest work he's ever done because those oh, harmonies really? are insane. Those those harmonies are brilliant uh, to do that live to be chore, you know choreographed dance you know dance routines great to you know have the presence to hold an audience like that but i don't know man jonas yeah. brothers i can buy because they're contemporary they still have an audience that's like uh, for fresh and they're still putting out fresh music yeah there's some things i'm just a little wary of yeah, there but, so but, but, I, but, i'm dubious on the yeah but ones. i mean uh i mean it's definitely gonna, the soccer moms are gonna definitely come out yeah <laughs> i mean uh sure. I'm, I'm still amazed that all these they're years entitled we're, they can we're, have it. we're still talking about them but uh and as you said yeah the jonas brothers who uh, Joe married Sophie Turner, as of you course. know, last month. Uh, Sansa Stark and uh, Jean Grey and uh, the new uh, X Men movie. So they, they're actually doing stuff, but yeah, I no interest here on my part on that either. No. Never has been. Nope. Uh, closer to home uh, in uh, in uh, in the come to my tour bus window category, we have Melissa Etheridge. Okay, now we're June at somewhere. I think we're all on the same Indian page. Ranch. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know Melissa Etheridge, shame on you, but she's a true rock and roll spirit. And uh, she has a raspy, weather beaten, straight from the Hotland voice that has always set her apart from other female artists. Definitely worth catching her. She has a new disc coming out, uh, which I haven't heard yet. I'm not even sure if it's out yet. Uh, and uh, and uh, and and Indian Ranch is a great venue to see anybody. There's not a bad scene in the place, and if it's a beautiful day, which it usually is, you can't beat it. So yeah. that's and uh, before I wrote my big list that appeared in the paper a couple Sundays back. I think it was yeah. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, Cheap Trick added a show. Yeah, which is, no, which is a <laughs> um, big deal. I actually kind of have a soft spot for cheap tricks. Oh, same so. how, how can you not? <laughs> yeah, it's like I, it's like it's again. It's like okay, what do they sound like now? But I'm in, I'm interested. I, I saw I, them open up for uh, I think it was Aerosmith three or four years ago. Oh, not that long ago. At the garden, okay. and Robin Zander still has the voice. Okay, doesn't have the hair he used to, but he still That's has fine. a voice. That's fine. And uh, and uh, the guitarist there is still always a hoot up. His name is escaping for me. Uh, yeah, I don't but uh, they're still fun, and Thanks. they got so many great songs. And it's one of those shows that you're like, "Well, I know every one of these songs, and they're great." Well, yeah, exactly. You know, they are classic bands. Oh, yeah, I'm interested. I'm yeah. interested. Uh, and uh, in the in the Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes category, we have fish 
<laughs> July 5th and 6th at Fenway Park in Boston. And that is going to be a big fun show, and they're gonna, they're, they will sell that out, no problem. And July 9th and 10th at Mohegan Sun, so you got them four days. And uh, I'm actually disappointed in them on this one because well, they're not here. <laughs> they have they have traditionally done you know their tours two or three nights at the DC yeah, Center. They have done that. I mean, Fenway is a big venue for them, and as you probably as you said, they I yeah. mean they're pretty much the Pearl Jam or the Den and Company show. The Den and Company is actually doing Gillette this year for the first time. Uh, but yeah, those will be big shows for Fish fans, yeah. and uh, well, he and probably threw the money at them. Uh, there <laughs> so you go. Speak. There you go. But I mean, talk about this fish uh, at Fenway, which probably holds fifty thousand. I'm something thinking. like that. Yeah, uh, I'm bad because with those you, numbers. because you're using the field uh, fifty thousand plus, and compared to Mohegan, which is ten thousand. Yeah. So I mean, there's a. Uh, I, I mean, the Mohe, uh, yeah, those shows, were, and I'm sure there'd be enough people to see all four of the shows. Oh, definitely, definitely. Now, the show of the year. It'll probably actually be the same people at most of the shows. Oh, I'm sure there will be. <laughs> I mean, I I had a bad experience uh, reviewing the Fish concert one time at the uh, DCU Center in, because I had all these Fish fans come out afterwards complaining that I gave them too good of a review. <laughs> I have never, only time in my life I've ever been accused of giving too good of a review. I had a, I had a good experience reviewing Fish, actually. <laughs> I, I got a lot of really, my favorite letter, though, I got about that was was um, from somebody who said, your, your review is very well-written and coherent, which means you weren't stoned while you wrote it, which means <laughs> you were missing an entire whole aspect of the show. And I'm like... Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> this yeah. is a family newspaper. I'm yeah. not getting stoned and yeah. reviewing fish. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there are lines that I have to stay yeah. on. I mean, one, it's funny because fish heads, I, I think that they're, and dead heads, they're, I mean, they're very passionate about their music. They are. In SMR. And I, I found dead heads more accommodating telling a reviewer like one of ourselves what a song was than mm. the fish people because I remember when I reviewed the the dead at the centrum, I think the second song people next to me are like, Oh my god, they haven't played the song since September twelfth, nineteen sixty five. Yeah. I'm like, why am I here? I don't know. <laughs> I mean it was a fun show, but uh but the show of the year, without question, for good or bad, is the Rolling Stones. This is an undisputed must-see tour of the summer for many reasons. First, they are the world's greatest rock and roll band, by none. <laughs> I heard a little grumble there. Uh, second, with the Stones all in their 70s, Mick Jagger, 75, Keith Richards, 75, Charlie Watts, 78, Ronnie Wood, 72, and Jagger's recent health scare and subsequent heart operation, this could be the last time, maybe the last time to see oh. the Stones I don't know. And third. Long way to go for that joke, man. <laughs> and third, from I Can't Get No Satisfaction and Sympathy for the Devil, from Street Fighter Man to Shattered, and I'm only talking to S's, they still got the best rock and roll category. 
uh, out there. And last but not least, not only does the Rolling Stones front man get the moves like Jagger, he is Mick Jagger. So this yeah. is a sh- show to see. If you've never seen the Stones, you definitely got to see them. Yeah, and I'm not going. I'm not going to debate their history or their catalog because obviously those are right. phenomenal. Um, I'm going to quote a music critic that that worked here some time ago before my time. Well, I mean, he was here, but when I was here, but in a different job. Um, who, who, the great John Fraser? Okay, John. Yes. Um, who, who said that the Rolling Stones you see these days are the world's greatest Rolling Stones cover band? <laughs> I, I don't want. I, I understand your people's desire to see them. I'm sure they still put on a great show. It's been a long time for me, so I don't know. Yeah. But, but, um, but, um, I get uncomfortable. I really do. I don't know what it is, but I feel like like there's this sort of trapped in a bubble of around 1979 to 80 for the, <laughs> that nobody has let this band escape. Um, yeah, it's great music. Obviously, it's a great it's great music. Exile on Main Street, Some Girls, great albums, you know. Whatever, all of them. Sticky fingers, sticky fingers. <laughs> yeah, um, great albums, but you know, I there is this point where it's like I I don't know if seeing a bunch of seventy year old musicians, one of which was recently seriously hospitalized, playing this sort of music. There's a point where I think, are we doing them a favor? <laughs> Well, I mean, they, I mean, talk, they have the money. They don't need about, to do well, this. Talk about dedication. I mean, obviously, yeah. And you're right. They do not need the money. I saw them maybe four or five years ago. The last time they played around their fifty and uh, over tour, whatever they call it, referring to fifty years in the business. <laughs> and I was amazed how great they sound. And I believe they sound great. Yeah. And uh, and and I. I mean, I'm amazed that they're actually still touring. I yeah, mean, I mean, it, and the fact, and I think I'm actually more annoyed with the size of these shows than yeah. I am with anything else because that that is music, and this was something John pointed out a long time ago. Yeah, that um, this is music that was designed to be played in a bar. Oh yeah, I mean, they're, 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 yeah. I mean, they're that's what the power is. Blues band, and we're right? never going to get that experience again, ever. You know, no. so I don't know. I, I, I understand if people want to spend the three thousand six thousand dollars it takes to buy these tickets Isn't now. That much? I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. It's ridiculous. Um, and I, I, I especially understand that this probably is your last chance to see the Rolling Stones. I can't imagine you will have many more chances. I mean, but but man, there's a part of me that is kind of like yeah, just let it go, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm cynical. I, uh, that's fine. I you mean, know, if people want to ask why rock and roll. And, and this but is, you have seen them a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, don't you agree that if you've never seen them and yes, you want you to see them, you got to see them. Yeah, I just not. No sure matter what it is, maybe nosebleed seats, whatever. Yeah. Because I'm sure they'll have a big jumbotron. But I mean, yeah, you're which, not gonna. Which is like watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know that. I just I I, I I I think you know if like people want to ask why rock and roll has lost all of its popularity, I think we're seeing this a generation's clutch on forcing these oh. <laughs> these these artists into uh, these artists into these like time capsules is is part of it because yeah. you know it's like 
I, I, I don't know. I find it a turnoff. Yeah, just well, well and, and, uh, that's just me. Well, no, <laughs> I'm a cynical sort. No, it's, it's a valid point. I mean, I'd be interested to see how the show's actually oh, going. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, sell it, out. It's going to be knows? fine. Who knows? It could be a train wreck. I doubt it. It's going to be fine. These people know what they're doing. They I mean, put, I, they uh, can do this show in I, their sleep. I can't imagine any. Well, we won't get too much into this, but any doctor in the right mind said, "Hey, Mick, this is a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't believe I can't believe it's like that taking, Yeah, it does take two days off and uh, call me in the morning. I do. I, I think what I want to get is, I, because I really do feel like I was in danger of sounding ageist there, and I don't want to. I don't think we allow these musicians to grow old gracefully. And well, I think it has I, a little to do with also the fact that the music. Is so good. It is so good that we and nothing in most cases. Like I saw John Fogerty mm-hmm. recently, who's in his seventies too, I believe, and he sounded fabulous. And he and but he's not trying to do the show the same way as he did. Well, maybe he is because well, it wasn't I mean, actually that flashy of a show. Back yeah, in the and, 60s. I mean, and, and and you know he had all those scuttlebutts with his band on yeah. rights and fantasy whatever. Record. Yeah, That's but all. I mean all those great songs. Yeah. And and he still sounds great, and it's funny because his his son's one of the guitarists. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's like you see, um, but it's like I think really the the one for me is David Bowie because he's the one that really did grow old gracefully. Yeah, uh, and, actually, we almost didn't have a chance to see him grow up. Yeah, exactly. But but he became a mature artist. Yeah, at the end, and put out some of his stylistically best work at the end. After you know, which which is amazing, and I I really want to give. Yeah, it would have been nice to see him on tour with the last album. Yeah, but yeah, we didn't it get a chance for that it one. It would have been bizarre, but uh, yeah, as we've discussed, when I listened to that on uh, I think it was a Saturday night. Something I knew something was up, and I think he died Sunday. Oh man! And yeah. then I had, and then I wrote the review on it on Monday. It was like a very strange, yeah, very experience. Yeah, I remember that. I remember putting, trying to put those sections together. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. Yeah, and uh, to move on <laughs> because we can talk about the Stones. Oh, we can. Uh, in the Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango category? We have Queen and Adam Lambert. The Rhapsody Tour, August 4th, Xfinity Center, Mansfield. As I said in the paper, it's a great time to be Freddie Mercury. Too bad he's dead. <laughs> it's even a greater time to be American Idol Season 8 runner-up Adam Lambert. After the soaring success of Academy Award-winning blockbuster Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen is more popular than ever, and, and they really are. It's amazing how people are just... Uh, scooping up the records every way they can find them. And cashing in on this is Lambert, inheriting Mercury's flamboyant frontman status, plus Queen's original guitarist and drummer, Brian May and Roger Taylor, both of who have uh, been there since the very beginning. Why there will be never be another Freddie Mercury, Lambert can sing. Yeah, Lambert's a fantastic singer. Yeah, and any reason to hear these great songs, again, is a good one. So, yeah, there is that. And uh, and I believe that show sold out real quick, probably the quickest yeah. sellout since he's been in the Queen thing. And uh, just lastly, um, taking a momentary breather from the Las Vegas residency, Aerosmith. The bad boys from Boston, the best rock and rock band to hail from the Bay State, and arguably the best rock band to hail from America. We won't get a big argument about that. Not it, around here, we won't. Is <laughs> bringing their deuces on wild show home, and its promises not to be the same old song and dance. So that's happening. Doing four dates, 
August 23rd, 24th, 26th, 28th at the Mass Mutual Center in Springfield in connection with MGM Springfield. Interesting, interesting. And they're doing it out there, not in Boston, so they must have thrown a lot of money. Yeah, I, I think MGM really has a big, well, I mean, they got the big straight casino money again, straight yeah. behind the Las Vegas Springfield connection. And I've also seen that uh, announced yesterday. So the Eagles, Eagles are doing a... MGM Las Vegas residency doing uh, Hotel California in its entirety. Who knows? Maybe they'll come to Springfield. Yeah. If people care. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Uh, and it's interesting. Of course, you know, I don't, you know, people wondered if Springfield was going to be competition for the DCU Center and for shows here in. Yeah, they haven't. I mean, the shows have been few and far between. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we are still, of course, and for reasons that you've gotten into before in print and on this podcast, um, you know, we are seeing fewer and fewer major acts. Like right. The, DCU Center. We see if we have a pretty good run of them at of maybe tier below that at the Hanover, but yeah, and most of the shows we get are during the spring months, as you know. You saw yeah. Michael Bublé, uh, Luke uh, Combs. Luke Combs was here. That yeah, was a so, good. That was a big show. Yeah, I th- I think he did two solid shows or I, something like that. I can't. Yeah, recall. so and Bublé sold out. So I mean, yeah, that was a good and that was a good show. I was yeah, and Michael Bublé is always fun to watch, and uh, it, it seems uh, that uh, when during those months when uh, the TD Gardens has both the Bruins and the uh, Celtics in full swing, we have a trickle effect, and we get some of the better shows that uh, happen. Bublé's done two shows here yeah. in recent years during those months, and uh, like Carrie Underwood did two shows during those months of some of the more higher profile. But uh, for the Centrum, excuse me, DCU Center, <laughs> uh, old habits that I had, um, we don't have another show until October 21st, and that's Ghost, which is going to be a hoot of a show. Yeah. but uh, That's a long ways away, though. Yeah, that's a long time is away. Is that October 21st? Is that is that tied to Rock and Shock? Or? It's not, I don't think. I think Rock and Shock might be actually, I think Rock and Shock is the week before that. Okay, so we might be seeing another show coming out. We could. I mean, we could. I mean, Rock and Shock. We haven't seen the schedule for that yet. Yeah, I mean, usually they, they do more of a Palladium thing. Yeah. Although one time they did the... Well, we had uh, Alice Rob Cooper Zombie, and Rob Zombie. Uh, Alice Cooper thing. But, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Rockland, uh, just look at the numbers uh, at some of the other theaters uh, or places. Rockland Trust Bank Pavilion, they have 33 shows this summer alone. Mohegan Sun, 29. Xfinity Center, 28. Uh, t- uh, TD Garden, uh, 10. Uh, plus four games in the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's a big deal. Gillette Stadium, uh, five, including the Stones. Uh, Fenway has four. Uh, Not kind of Red Sox baseball. And the Who and Billy Joel, September 13th and 14th, yeah. which I don't consider to be some of the shows because yeah. I, I, I cut it off on Labor Day. And uh, and then you got the Match, Mass Music Center, four shows uh, with the Aerosmith. So. So there's a lot going there's on. There's a lot, a lot going lot, on. A lot to look forward to. And even if some of it is, maybe not to all of our tastes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for coming in for Good this. Care. It's always a thrill. All right. We'll be back in with more in a moment. But for right now, here's a song off the new album by Worcester area band Dodica. Ooh, the bed they made. The bed they made Ooh 
And we're back. You have been listening to Ecstasy at the End of Days by Dodica. You can read my review of the band's new album, Ghost Baby, in Thursday's Go section. And you can catch them Friday at Nick's as part of the It's Complicated CD release party, along with Tyra Penn, Savoir Faire, Tony Brown, and Steve Subrizi. Now, I'm here with reporter Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. Hello, Victor. And catch us up a little bit on what's going on in the movie world around here. Well... There's movie news left, right, and center in terms of uh, local screenings, local filmings, uh, movies involving local people. Um, the news is coming in thick and fast. Indeed. Um, I think it reflects the fact that more people are able to make movies with advanced technology and also perhaps the Massachusetts film tax credit, of which I'll talk more about in a bit. But... Um, First of all, um, John Stimpson of Princeton, who's a um, very active um, filmmaker, um, his movie Ghostlight is about to be released on um, what they call multiple uh, streaming platforms uh, June 18th. And it's going to be also screened um, at the Folger Theatre in Washington, D.C. Now, Ghostlight is a sort of dark comedy um, about a theatre group that puts on what's known as Shakespeare's Scottish play. Uh, now, there's all sorts of lore about whether or not you should save a title of the play in a theatre. I'm not even uh, sure you should say it in a podcast booth, so thank you for your yeah, discussion. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to avoid that, having seen this movie. Um, well, uh, an actor does um, commit the transgression of um, naming, naming the play, in fact, boastfully yelling it out in the theatre and all sorts of bad things start happening to the company uh, as a result. Um, it's a very amusing uh, film. Um, it uh, sort of affectionately makes fun of a, of a, of a theatre group, and you can recognise uh, some of the characters. And um, and it has some fun and some scary moments with, um, with um, the Scottish play itself, which is uh, rather a violent affair. It is, and, I mean... Uh, and then it involves witches and cauldrons and uh, all sorts of things. And like the moment that. right after Macduff's victory is usually very gripping <laughs> yes, yes, yes. scene. Yes, right, right. Yeah, and he's we know what he's gripping too, you know. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we're like trying to re trying to like not spoil Macbeth. <laughs> Sorry, well, I think. Uh no, you know, you've gone and oh, done God, it. You've mentioned I've done it. it. I've done it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I, I would I thoroughly recommend um, people getting to see that if they can, where they can. Um, now, another film that's coming out very shortly, uh, I think July 12th, is uh, Lying and Stealing. And it's uh, a crime drama film uh, with Theo James, Emila Ratajkowski. Um, I think it's about an art thief who meets up with an actress who has quite a bit of debt. Um, and the film is actually co-written and directed um, by Matt Azelton, who's originally from Worcester. Oh. Um, I cannot tell you much more about that because I have an interview upcoming with Matt, and so uh, that will be a upcoming story as Excellent. well. Excellent. Looking but, forward to reading um, that. But um, it's got some big names involved and uh, looks like it's going to be a big release. And so so that's something to keep an eye out for. Now, um, 
Barbara Copiforn um, is in the process of completing a documentary she's been working on for a number of years now. Um, it's Toe the Line, and it's based on some years she spent uh, following the dance program at Burncoat Senior High School. Here oh, in yeah. Worcester. Um, uh, she... Uh, Covered um, Joan Sheary when she was the director of the program. Um, Joan Sheary has since retired. And um, she followed the progress of some students who were going through that program. Um, it, is, it is an excellent program, uh, the dance program Indeed. there. And, um, and um, Joan Sheary sort of gave, gave these students life, life lessons in addition to teaching them how to dance. And uh, they applied uh, those life lessons um, into their real lives. And um, Barbara Copperthorne has been following them. Um, she's got a GoFundMe campaign to try to help raise the money that's needed to finish off the production element um so it's been a long work in progress but um we'll be having an upcoming story about all that um and i think uh, from what the footage i've seen it will be well worth the wait well, when it does come out and documentary work is so demanding in both time and mm-hmm. effort and expense yes this is this has been going on for years yeah, uh, uh, her engagement there um she started out just doing it as a short for uh, a project when she was going to movie school, but um, she realized or felt that um, the subject matter, you know, was just too too important to leave it as a short. So she uh, spent a lot of time investing her energy and, and money uh, in the project. So, and then um, looking around and about, I see that. Uh, at the 2000, I'm sorry, this 21st Roxbury International Film Festival, one of the um, films that's going to be shown uh, is a short by Worcester filmmaker Angelique Webster. Um, It's called Respect and Love. Um, And you can be looking for a story about that upcoming as well. Um, The festival itself runs from uh, June 19th to June 29th. Mm. Uh, recently, um, we had a um, short film festival here that included um, a film called Odd Men Out, and that was produced locally by uh, Another Theory Productions, um, who whose first effort was, uh, you might remember, the That's E, which was set, uh, fi- a fictional film, but it was set at... Um, That's Entertainment That's here Entertainment on Park, on Park, Park Avenue. On Park Avenue, right. So so they've gone on. Uh, they've, they've done um, uh, a number of different projects now, and... Um, they have another short that's been made and um, will be coming out shortly called Facing Life uh, that includes um, movie actress Anne Mahoney. Oh. Um, uh, so, um, and they're um, looking into an, a, a longer project with Anne Mahoney and they're also making commercials. So um, that is is all, all very good. But, and of course we've had... Um, um, in Worcester recently, we've had um, some. John Stimson was screening um, another film that uh, was shooting, rather, another film that he's making. Um, we've had uh, 
uh, Honest Thief being shot, and uh, there was another movie being shot downtown as well. With so Ryan Reynolds Ryan and Reynolds. Jody Comer. Yeah, yeah, they included gunfire right on um, Fra- on Franklin Street. So, um, and up in Orange, uh, Castle Rock, the Hulu series has been filming again. I know. I'm really excited. I don't know if we're going to be able to have them film in our building again this time. Last year when they did that, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, how long is this going to last? Or could it be sunset looming? Because um, a lot of the films that are being made around here, the reason why they're being made is because of um, tax credit mm-hmm. uh that's uh, very complicated for me to understand the finances of it. But um, um, Massachusetts does have a tax credit initiative for filmmakers. Um, um, basically, it provides tax credits valued at roughly 25% of the expenses of the production. But um, that measure has what's known as a sunset. It's... Um, and it will expire in January of 2023 unless it gets extended indefinitely or forever by lawmakers. And it's up in the air whether or not everybody's quite on board with extending it. Um, uh, Mayor, I mean, Governor Charlie Baker uh, isn't such a big fan, and neither are some other lawmakers Mm. who see it as um, something that really doesn't help boost the economy very much when all is said and done and uh, ends up costing of state money. Um, There were hearings um, about it just a day or so ago at the State House. So that's going to be a debate that's going to start to intensify because um, there are only a couple of years, two or three years left, and um, some movie companies might not want to even bother thinking about coming here if they know that um, uh, this credit incentive is going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And that uh, we've seen elsewhere in the country that can actually end the production of a show entirely if when those laws change. Um, it's kind of dubious, the um, but. North Carolina, the 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 show Swamp Thing, which is airing on the DC Universe streaming service, um, what appears it, it launched one day its its pilot episode to great acclaim, great reviews, audience favorite. Before the second episode came out, the show had been canceled. Mm. They were just going to run the first season because they had already filmed it, and it turned out that it was canceled because it lost its tax credits. Now there's there's some dispute whether that's actually what happened or not, but that seems to be the case that they lost $30 million in tax credits and decided the show was too expensive to shoot there anymore or to shoot at all. So yeah, it can, it can have a huge effect on whether something happens or not. And they usually need to know well, well in advance. So yeah, uh, it's an interesting debate. I mean, uh, there's always a lot of local interest when a, when, when a movie's being shot around here. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, how much economic benefit is there really well, uh, going on? I think that's a good question, actually. I mean, you know, I, I know it does. they do employ people from here, but how many? How much? Definitely worth the cost. Oh, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. All right. Does that about wrap us up then? For the time being, it does. Yes. All right. You have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. For more, read our arts and entertainment coverage in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and online at telegram.com. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Thanks, and we'll be back next week.